First Ray, we wanted to give you the floor if you'd like to just briefly explain the pilot as it was carried out. Yeah, kind of the structure of the pilot right. and how it was implemented and then, then the results. As you heard this morning in the presentation, Javion is an AI company, and there's many AI companies out there. And so they've gotten into the realm of, of healthcare. And as you heard this morning, they have looked into, you know, trying to look at many of the, the social deter determinants of healthcare and information that's, that's uh, reported out there in public that you can gather on, on people that may be able to identify certain characteristics of those folks that, that when you tie it to our information that comes from our electronic health record and the, and the clinical data that we have and you tie those things together and, and, and put them into to algorithms that you can actually start looking at potential vectors of healthcare to look at um, to see if we can actually make an impact on, on patient care by using some of those tools. As we were looking at trying to define some of those, those vectors of healthcare, uh, many of us are, have OCM practices, you know, doing the oncology care model, and as you know, there's, there's a lot of quality measures and, and value-based measures that are out there, and so we, we just wanted to look at some of those that potentially, you know, tie into that. So we're not duplicating efforts, but we're actually using a tool that can help us better manage our patients in the context of looking at value-based payment reform models that are out there. And so what we looked at was some of those elements on who's going to decline, you know, and have debility in the next six months to where they may end up having an ER visit mm -hmm. or a hospitalization, or who's going to have repeat hospitalizations, who's going to be likely to have increasing and escalating pain where they're going to require pain medicines, who's going to have issues with depression that can adversely imp impact their quality of life and their outcomes, and then who can we uh, potentially predict that's going to have a decline and actually die within 30 days. And so we talked a little bit about s some of those vectors and, and areas that we can look at, at data analysis uh, with those and be able to utilize that to uh, better manage our patients. I want to ask a question uh, just about artificial intelligence in general. So is artificial intelligence basically being used to identify data trends, right, or just trends in, in the unstructured data that you have, and then the clinician's job or whoever's looking at these trends is to determine which ones of those are significant and act, like, from there? Is that, is that like, a, just the basic foundation of what it's being used for? Yeah. Sometimes the term maybe augmented intelligence <laughs> is, is a better term. But as much as we as you know, physicians and oncologists think that we can, can have a grasp on everything and know everything out there in the content of healthcare and medicine. And that, that's not true. And I, I, I know you've heard, you know, a stat that if an oncologist just sits down and reads every article that comes out in a day that's new content, you know, that, that would take like 28 hours <laughs> just, to, just to, to, to read all that content. So there's no way that we can keep up with everything that's going on with the scientific data that's out there. Yet these machines um, and, the, and the Watsons of the world and that kind of thing can, can manage all the data, the medical data in the world and manage it in a few minutes and be able to parse it and divide it and, 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 and make some sense of it. But with that being said, there's still 
algorithms and calculations that still very much involve the human hand and the human context and those kind of things. So the the artificial intelligence systems or the augmented intelligence systems still require a lot of interaction and understanding to where as, as we use these as tools to develop, we, we find inconsistencies and flaws and errors, but as we report back to the, the engineers and the programmers, adjustments can be made and the system can learn uh, from itself to, to make itself more efficient as time goes on. But obviously, without a doubt, you know, when a f- physician has a 15-minute office visit with the patient and, and half of that time is face-to-face and then over half of that time is just getting information uh, put into the, the electronic health record and managing and triaging and putting out orders and all that kind of stuff. You, you cannot get the full story of a patient in a seven-minute uh, face-to-face encounter. So if, if I can't get that full story of what's fully going on in that patient's life, and the fact that they're maybe not getting their prescriptions filled that me or their primary care has ordered, or the fact that they're you know, buying medical aids at Amazon, or they're in a zip code to where they're likely not to own their own home, or they have other dynamics like they, they recently lost a spouse, or, or, or on food stamps, or just all those kind of things. Those are all things that I can't assimilate all that data in the information in the, in the information and time period that I have mm. but uh, if you have a tool um, they can take all that information together take it in an algorithm and then be able to pull that down and distill that down to you and actually identify those patients and then actually rank them mm. according to the strength of association to, to the vector of problem and once the patients are identified and it's, they're considered a potential issue patient or problem patient, then it gives you reasons why it thinks that. So you, you get a patient that, for example, is identified that they're, they're likely to have a decline and go into the hospital in the next six months. But then you get a list of like the top you know, eight or ten reasons why the, the machine thinks that uh, that's going to occur, and I can look at those top eight or ten reasons and say, "Hey, this this patient has an issue that I can actually intervene, right. and do something about. Maybe they need nutrition, you right. know. Maybe they need financial support. Maybe they need transportation. Maybe they need pharmacy assistance and the copay of their drugs." Do you want to maybe comment or speak to how data protection and data patient data sharing? is just a relevant topic that needs discussion when we, when we talk about AI. Is there any pushback from the patient community that their information is so available? So that's a great question. You know, that's kind of a million-dollar question that I don't have the complete answers to. Data gets shared and in many ways uh, as a tool to better enhance our personal experience of working on the web and and getting news content and things that you would be likely to buy and all that kind of stuff. So all that already occurs greatly in our day-to-day life of just dealing with social media. So I think if you you just take those same elements that that are out there, but, but being able to blend it with clinical data that you have uh, coming from the office, I, I think that's where the power is 
of being able to facilitate what we're doing right. in the office. Now, how people feel about that is a, a great question that, you know, I think it's probably still yet to be determined. Right. As I mentioned in, my, in our presentation today, you know, I was a little surprised when we were proposing this to the doctors in our group. You know, we, we actually have a young group of doctors, and I thought that they would be quite accepting of uh, the fact that we're taking data that's already out there in public and utilizing it to, to what I believe is to the advantage of our patients. Uh, and I figured, of all people, that would be the group that say, yeah, no problem, you know, because I put all my stuff out there, on, yeah. you know, anyway, and no problem, but, but they actually, you know, express concerns that want to make sure that we're not, you know, breaching, right. you know, confidentiality of patients, which we're not. I want to go back to you sort of hit on just a little bit the the potential for medical error to to occur both on both on an individual level and on the AI level and um, I don't know if you're familiar but we we started this podcast series called Outspoken Oncology and do you know Chadi Navan his first episode was with a, a a British gentleman and they discussed AI and one of the topics that came up is that AI has the potential to revolutionize the landscape for pathology and radiology uh, specifically um, and I think that was hit on in the presentation as well it's being mm-hmm. used in robotic surgery quite a bit yes. um, now this individual the guest on the episode said there there may be a recurring worry among oncologists that AI could you know down the road have the power to take jobs from pathologists or radiation or radiologists working in oncology wanted to hear your thoughts on that idea should should there be worry there AI will never replace the, the human element and the human interaction, human inter, inter, interaction with and management of people in healthcare. So we're still, in many ways, very much in the, the infancy and in the pilot stages of being able to, to understand how we can use these as tools to assist our diagnostics and management and those kind of things. And in some ways, it's more mature and more powerful, like with robotic surgery and mammographic interpretations and uh, to find breast tumors and some of those kind of tools to where we're a little more, more mature. But uh, on the other hand, it's still very much wide open and there still has to be a lot of research and development and validation and improvement of the systems. But that will happen, I think, very quickly because these systems learn at a pace quicker than we can learn as, as humans. So, so I think these dynamics will happen very quickly. To your question, when, when you look at the, the doctor-patient relationship and interaction, there's nothing that can ever replace the art of medicine. And, and that's that relationship between the doctor and patient uh, and that communication. So the AI machines and tools can give you a wealth of information from a, a massive amount of data that can help guide you and direct you and point you maybe in the right direction or give you suggestions and these are reasons why you need to take this route or this path or this uh, treatment choice. But that art of the medicine of, of the doctor-patient relationship of, of having that discussion that this is what I believe is best for you and this is what's in your best interest or that discussion of end of life and, and, and making directions towards alternative treatments and palliative care therapies and those kind of things, you'll never take that away. 
If you were to project, what does the use of AI in community oncology look like, let's say, in the next five years? Will, will practices use it more or less in the same ways to analyze unstructured data, or do you, find, do you think that practices will find their own unique use for, for AI, say, five years down the road? Because you said we are still in its infancy in a lot of ways. I, I think our one potential goal is is to, to again use these as tools to expand our knowledge and our data with all the information that's out there to guide us to be better physicians and, and improve outcomes for our patients. So how that's going to look, I hope that it is a tool that's going to make us far more efficient. Mm-hmm. So it'll take some of the, the administrative burdens off of us and be able to take a look at, at a, a, a certain scenario with the patient and give you, you know, a, a sense of, of a direction and a pathway to, to say, the, the, the best treatment uh, regimen, you know, for this patient based on all everything that we know, as opposed to this one or this one or this one. And uh, so I think it can help us, uh, help guide us in, in many of those directions to hopefully make things more efficient.